What's up and welcome to Ask Father Jack's podcast where I get to listen to your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that it's helpful for you in your walk toward eternity and your walk toward becoming the particular saint that God our Father desires for you and me and for all of us to become. Here's how the show goes. You hit me up with three to five questions dealing with anything and everything from evangelization to catechesis, discipleship, prayer, the spiritual life, relationships, and the list goes on. I would then spend time with your questions, pray with them, and hopefully respond in such a way that is helpful for you in your walk toward becoming a saint. My disclaimer is this. I am not perfect. Therefore, every now and then the advice that I share might not actually be good for you. If that's the case, I want to give you the freedom to reject Whatever it is I say that does not help you to become a saint. However, if my advice is helpful, though difficult, then I really want to encourage you to lean into Jesus Christ in prayer and in the sacraments so that he can give you the graces you may need to fulfill the demands of discipleship. If you are a first-time listener, you can hit me up with your own questions at askfatherjosh at citrapress.com. You can rate us and review us on iTunes and other podcast formats, and you can also share us on your social media pages. This helps other people to find out about the show. If the show is a gift for you, potentially, it could become a gift for other people as well. On today's show, we're going to cover the topics of mortification. Uh, the, the saints of old, many of them uh, practice different types of mortification, and so is that something that saints of our generation should be doing? Also, hearing God's voice. Uh, many of the apostles um, knew the voice of God really well. Uh, we are disciples in the 21st century. Uh, how do we hear God's voice today? And finally, we're going to talk about converting to the church whenever we have family members and friends who are not part of the church and might be hostile to our decision to become a member of the body of Jesus Christ in our walk toward eternity. Uh, we're also going to have a guest join us uh, for one of our questions today, specifically the question about hearing God's voice. One of my seminarians that I have here with me at Holy Rosary for the summer, uh, Kobe Maximilian uh, David, he'll be joining us for that specific uh, question because I think he has some wisdom that he could potentially uh, share with us. Um, and uh, yeah, before we get into those topics... I want to share with you the glory story. So my glory story this this week is coming from a conversation I had with another priest who is a vocation director um, for the, I think, Archdiocese of Mobile. Uh, here in uh, the United States of America. So as many of you know, I was appointed the Director of Vocations for the Diocese of Baton Rouge. So if you are interested in discerning a vocation, discerning the priesthood uh, for the Diocese of Baton Rouge, for this land, we need saints for this land, y'all. We need saints here in the Diocese of Baton Rouge. And if you think that God might be inviting you to discern a vocation, then hit me up um, so that I could potentially walk with you and accompany you in your discernment um, in the state of life vocation that God might be inviting you to enter. But I was uh, speaking with this priest, Father Vic, and uh, he had many great insights. But the reason why it's a glory story is because I had been praying about something for a while. And uh, I like, man, it just I was in a roadblock in my prayer and in my discernment. And then I had this conversation with this priest, Father Vic. And uh, in our conversation, he spoke truth and I could perceive that it was God communicating to me through him. And so I was just so grateful to the Lord 
for, for using this priest who I, I don't know too well, but um, I was happy to have this conversation with, and I was able to perceive God's voice in that conversation. So, yeah, that would be my glory story. Just, man, God is just always revealing himself to me in new ways, if not in the scripture or through um, somebody's preaching or through music, through through intentional conversations with people. So I'm super grateful for that. So that would be a very simple uh, but uh, a glory story that I'm very grateful for. Now, before we get into the show, I got a feedback for you. This feedback comes in from David, or it might be David. You know, some people, um, they they pronounce that that name differently. Uh, it's like Targan and Targay. Uh, so David or David uh, says this, Hey, Father Josh, I want to thank you so much for your show. I fell away from the church for many years, but I've been recently feeling the need to come back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. Your show has helped me so much in restoring my faith. And for the first time in years, I've been praying and looking to Jesus for guidance. Thank you so much for what you've done. Praise God, David. Uh, that is such a great gift that you've been turning your face toward Jesus Christ. Uh, may we pray that you persevere in keeping your face um, gazing into his eyes in your walk toward eternity. All right, now let's get into today's topics. First question comes in from Andy, and it's about mortification. Father Josh, love the show. I'm a midshipman at the U.S. Naval Academy, uh, and I often turn on your podcast while I run. It gives me something to prayerfully think about as I work out. I recommended your show to some of my Catholic friends here, and they really enjoy it too. My question is on mortification of the body. Fasting and abstinence are one thing, but What's your take on some of the less common mortifications, the hair shirts and self-flagellations? Are all techniques saints, some saints, once used to enter into suffering with Christ, but they seem to be less common today. Should we, in modern times, replicate these practices in imitation of the great saints who once did them? And if so, what level of mortification is spiritually healthy? Thanks again, and God bless Andy. And that, that is a really good question. Sometimes... Uh, people ask me that question who, I, who I've walked with um, in my parish ministry. And so let's uh, first look at what is mortification. It's, it's about disciplining the, the physical body um, for the good of our eternal soul. Um, so the gospel certainly invites us to have interior conversions of hearts, um, to have uh, a mind of Christ. And sometimes the mortification of the body um, can be a vehicle for that to happen. St. Paul talks about this in his letter to the Romans. He says in Romans 8, 13, if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the spirit you put to death, mortify the deeds of the body, you will live. Um, so yeah, like as you noted, the basic levels of mortification uh, is rooted in abstaining and fasting from certain foods and drinks. For instance, in the beginning of mortification, that can entail eating salad without dressing or uh, eating your French fries without salt or replacing alcohol with water. Uh, it could also include eating one meal a day instead of two or three or whatever. Uh, mortification uh, can also include things like sleeping on the floor, taking cold showers, waking up immediately once the alarm clock goes off. Um, so if you're not doing those basic uh, 
those basic steps of mortification, then you shouldn't even think about wearing a hair shirt. You shouldn't even think about whipping yourself or something like that. Uh, but historically, many of the saints did practice more severe methods of mortification. Uh, for some of them, it was good. And it was a means to the end for them. And it helped them to find freedom. It helped them to uh, find freedom from their vices and to grow and mature in their relationship with Jesus Christ, to love their neighbors better. Uh, but for other saints, it was actually a distraction. Um, and the mortification was not good for them. Um, and it became a barrier for them in their relationship with Jesus Christ and in their growth in virtue um, and in their love they were able to manifest to their brothers and sisters in the church. Um, even some saints like St. Saint Francis of Assisi repented at the end of his life, and he, he said that he was too harsh on his body. Another great saint who um, lived a very ascetical life, who fasted and who abstained and who practiced mortification was St. John Vianney. Uh, he is one of the greatest uh, diocesan priests ever, uh, but he also repented um, toward the end of his life, and he admitted that there were times where he was too extreme um, in the acts that he was taking. So in our day and age, I would say that uh, it could be good, not it would be good, but it could be good for some disciples, not all disciples of Jesus Christ, to practice more intense forms of mortification. We should all practice abstaining and fasting to some degree or another. If we can't do it from food because of health issues, um, then we could fast um, and abstain from other goods. But certainly, uh, some saints in our generation in the 21st century may be called by God to an intense form of mortification like the hair shirt. Uh, I believe St. John Paul II wore the hair shirt. Uh, but only if they have permission from their spiritual director. And also, I would encourage collaboration with not only a spiritual director uh, and a superior, if you're in like a religious community, your, your spouse if you're married, uh, but also a counselor, just to make sure that there's um, not something else going on as well as to why you want to take on these acts of mortification. If after practicing more intense forms of mortification, you find that it is helpful for you and your walk toward eternity, then with guidance of a spiritual director and a counselor, then you can certainly um, apply it to your personal rule of life with balance, of course, not doing it every single day, um, but with balance. But if it becomes a distraction, which I know people who it has become a distraction for, or if it causes you psychological damage, or if it be, uh, causes any kind of emotional trauma, or it physically it's just not good for your body, um, then, and if you're not growing in holiness, if it's not helping you get to the end, which is to be with Jesus, then don't do it. Stop. Stop. In the name of Father Josh, right? Stop in the name of Father Josh. Like, don't play, don't, don't do that, right? Homer, don't play that. Uh, in the words of in living color. Um, yeah, don't do it. Just don't do it. Don't do it, right? So it might not be for you. Um, there are certain practices that are good for some people, not good for others. So uh, you have to discern if it's good for you. But you really should not even be thinking about um, intense forms of mortification um, unless you have already begun some of the lesser um, forms of mortification. And then, two, in, ad in addition, right, it's, it's, the, it's a means to the end. Uh, which is relationship with Jesus, the interior conversion of heart and mind, but also to, to keep in mind, like, be practical with whatever the mortification is that you might be thinking about applying to your rule of life, um, because typically we apply an act of mortification that fights against a specific vice, and it helps us to grow in a particular virtue. Um, and so there are certain acts of fasting and penance um, and abstinence uh, that can uh, address certain vices, and there are other um, 
acts of fasting, penance, and mortification that will not actually help us with certain vices. So uh, just be practical with it, pray about it, get advice from other people, uh, and then pay attention to the supernatural fruit. If you're growing in relationship with God, then cool. If not, then don't feel obliged to do it because there were some saints who had intense mortification um, in their life, and there were other saints who did not. Um, so, yeah, keep our eyes on Jesus and ask Jesus what he wants for us. So hopefully, Andy, that was helpful enough. Let me know. Hit me up at AskFatherJosh at EssentialPress.com. Next question comes in from Danny. Danny, did you know? Uh, Danny writes this. It's about converting. Hey, Father, I've listened to a few episodes of your podcast, and if possible, I would like to submit a question of my own. I really don't know how to phrase this question, so I apologize if this is confusing. Uh, it's too late to apologize. Sorry, Danny, it's too late to apologize. So I'm moving on to my next question. My next question comes in from, I'm just joking. Uh, it's not too late to say sorry. Uh, so Danny, back to your question. I haven't been a believer for the majority of my life. And essentially everyone I know is not a Christian either with many of my good friends being atheists. I believe that Many people I know won't be willing to associate with me anymore if I follow the Lord and join the church. And among those who really distance themselves from me, I don't believe many would be very accepting of my faith. I know that my question is very vague and hard to answer, but how do I join the church and become a Christian when nobody around me would accept that choice? Thanks in advance and may God bless you. Yeah, um, Danny, so you're right. You might be rejected by your family and by your friends, but but you don't know, right? Your choice to follow Jesus Christ where he is certainly inviting you, which is to his church that he found 2,000 years ago, your choice could, right? It could um, lead to a lot of rejection and abandonment in your life, but it could also be a bridge for your family and for your friends to come to Jesus as well because they might see in you and your witness the joy that you will experience from receiving Jesus in the sacraments in baptism, in confirmation, in holy communion, in reconciliation, there's a joy that comes from receiving Jesus in the sacraments because you and I were created for Jesus and we were specifically created for Jesus Christ in the sacraments. So I would propose that it is fear, false expectations appearing real that um, is speaking to you right now with regards to what could happen. We don't know the future, so I would encourage you to stay in the present moment. In the present moment, you are not in the church. Um, and so I wouldn't look to the future and say, if I do this and this other thing may happen. Now, what if that was the case? What if they did reject you? Well, join the number of saints who have preceded you in your walk toward eternity. St. Kateri, uh, take a quit her family, uh, her friends, they rejected her. And so you know what she did? She um, invested in a new community. She invested in a new community of disciples who were spiritual mothers to her and spiritual fathers to her and brothers and sisters to her that helped her to remain faithful to Jesus Christ because he was the joy she was looking for her whole life. And when she found him, she was like, why settle for people and places and things and activities that will all pass when I can live and abide in a relationship with God uh, right now in the present moment? Um, and so she found a new community. So I would just encourage you to to not let fear um, dictate your decisions uh, that you perceive the Lord inviting you to make, which is to take a step and to discern if he is indeed inviting you to become a Catholic and abide in the sacraments life of the church. I would strongly encourage you to reach out to your parish community um, and get plugged in with their RCIA program. Um, RCIA is a great initiative um, that can help members um, in your community like yourself uh, meet 
people who are Catholic, brothers and sisters in the body of Christ who want to walk with you, who want to accompany you, who also many of them are converts or reverts to the church, um, and they can sit with you and pray with you and share stories with you and relate with you um, and and help you um, to, to continue to discern where God is calling you to go in your walk toward eternity and your walk toward becoming the saint that God wants for you to be. So RCA is definitely something that I would encourage you to do. I would also really encourage you to set apart time specifically for Jesus um, in your day uh, with the sacred scriptures. And if you can get to a church during this pandemic uh, before the presence of the Blessed Sacrament, set apart time for God so that Jesus Christ can begin to, to speak to you and show you that he's enough. God really is sufficient. Jesus Christ is the only one who will never leave you. Um, even your best friends, they will die one day. Your family will die one day. Jesus Christ is the only one who will remain forever. And so I would really encourage you to prioritize him if he really is God above all else and to trust that he will bring about what's best for you and for your family and your friends um, for all of your walk toward eternity. I would also encourage you to reach out to cloistered convents of sisters, of nuns, uh, to pray for you. Um, uh, they ain't going anywhere. And so they will always be there. And uh, and finally, I would encourage you to get to know the saints, the saints who have preceded us in our walk toward heaven, uh, because we have a whole community of brothers and sisters in the body of Christ, in the mystical body of Christ, who um, care about you and care about me and want for you and me to be with them forever. And so I would encourage you to meet some of the saints and get to know them because they are certainly also um, going to be a part of the community that helps you to remain faithful to Jesus, who is always faithful to you. So, Danny, uh, let me know if that was helpful for you. Uh, again, hit me up at askfatherjosh at essentialpress.com. All right, y'all, we're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we will dive into our final question about hearing the voice of God. The saints of the Old Testament would have longed to see what we see in the New Covenant, especially God's presence in the Holy Eucharist. Hi, I'm Dr. Andrew Swafford, theologian and co-author of Ascension's newest Great Adventure Bible study, Hebrews, The New and Eternal Covenant. In this eight-session study on the book of Hebrews, Jeff Cavins and I highlight the movement from the Old Covenant to the New and show how Jesus Christ fulfills the deepest meaning of the temple and Old Testament priesthood. Through this study, you'll gain a deeper appreciation for the power of the Mass, as well as a better understanding of core Catholic beliefs regarding salvation, the sacraments, the creed, and Mary's role in salvation history. To learn more and discover how you can start this study on your own or with a group, visit ascensionpress.com backslash Hebrews. That's ascensionpress.com backslash Hebrews. And we're back. Welcome back to the show. Don't forget, if you're a first-time listener, you can be up with your own questions, comments, and critiques at AskFatherJosh at AscensionPress.com. You can also rate us and review us, and you can share us on your social media pages. That helps other people to find out about the show. If it is a gift for you, potentially, it can become a gift for them as well. All right. Our next and final question comes in from Sean, and it's about recognizing God's voice. Good day, Father Josh. First of all, please pray for my wife to return to the faith. Uh, she's talking about coming to Mass with me on Sunday, which will be the first time she will have done so uh, in two years. That is awesome, Sean. So let's go ahead and pray for her right now. Heavenly Father, we give you thanks and praise for the gift of Sean, for the gift of his wife, for their family. I ask that you send forth your Holy Spirit to inspire his wife to join him and worship you at the holy sacrifice of the Mass with all the angels and all the saints who are interceding for him and for her to join them one day in the kingdom of heaven. 
for all eternity. Protect them, protect their marriage, protect their relationship with each other, and most importantly, Father, protect their relationship with Jesus Christ. Anyway, one of my wife's objections to the faith is that God ignores her or just doesn't respond to her. I suggested to her that this just isn't true at all. She asked me to prove my point. I I don't know how to. In fact, it gets me thinking of this. How do I know that when I pray, I'm actually listening to God rather than to myself and my own impulses? How can I discern what is truly the voice of God as opposed to my own thoughts and desires? And how can I be sure that I'm not deluding myself when I pray? Sean. All right, Sean. So this is a great question. So I'm going to briefly respond. And then I want my seminarian, Kobe, uh, David, uh, not David, not to be confused with David, right? That's right. Don't forget it. David. David. uh, He would then uh, take a stab at that as well, because he has uh, really matured a lot in his relationship with Jesus Christ in prayer. Uh, So uh, first and foremost, how do we know the voice of God? Well, we get to know the voice of God through the time that we spend with the Word of God, the Word of God, the Word inscribed, the sacred scriptures. And so the more time you spend with Jesus, like really leaning into the person, Jesus Christ, as he reveals himself to us, first and foremost, in the Gospels, paying attention to the way that he looked at the disciples and listened to his friends and, and ministered to people and prayed with people and healed people and accompanied people and dwelled with people. We get to know the person, Jesus, through the time that we spend with him in the sacred scriptures. And so then we spend time not only with the Gospels, but with the entirety of the Word of God, Old Testament and New. And the more time we spend with God, the more we will get to know His voice. So much so that um, uh, if Kobe right now were to close his eyes and he were to hear me talk and he were to hear someone else talk, he would know it is me talking because he spent time with me. He knows my voice. So the more time we spend with Jesus, God, the Holy Spirit, and the Father in the sacred scriptures, the more we would definitely come to know the voice of God outside of prayer, so that whenever we are are having conversations with people, are praying in silence, are listening to music, are watching TV, are in the car on a drive, are walking in nature, or before the Blessed Sacrament, we'll be able to discern this is definitely the voice of God um, as revealed in the scripture, and this is not the voice of God. The voice of God does not condemn. The voice of God does not accuse. The voice of God is not discouraged. Sometimes we listen to those voices more than we listen to the voice of God who always inspires us and motivates us and encourages us and challenges us to become saints. Um, so the way that we know it's God and not ourself um, is by spending time with God in sacred scriptures and getting to know his thoughts and his desires. And so that's what I would say. But Kobe has grown exponentially in his relationship with God uh, this year. And so I'll invite Kobe to share a bit of his story with you. And maybe something he shares might in some way, shape or form help you and your wife in your relationship with God, specifically with regards to prayer. Yeah, well, my prayer, like a lot of things in life is different from everyone else's prayer. Um, and so I'm a, I've spent two years of formation in seminary and going into seminary, my prayer life was pretty, pretty awful. If I'm going to be honest with you. Wait, so you, you were in seminary. That's right. to be a priest. That's right. And your prayer life was awful. It was, oh man, it was awful. That's good to hear. Right. I, I'm sure there's some people who just imagine if a guy's in seminary, he must be like, an expert in prayer he must be a master in his spiritual life but you're acknowledging that that you weren't well that's what i thought going into it too i was like i'm gonna come here these dudes are gonna be super weird and super holy and i'm not like any of these dudes <laughs> so i'm i don't know what i'm supposed to do when well you I definitely I mean, you, I, you might not be super holy but you definitely are super weird so like 50 50 bro. Well, that's debatable but <laughs> <laughs> so i go i'm going into my second semester of my second year and I've heard a lot of times, like, um, your prayer should not focus on discernment alone. And so the first year and a half I spent in formation, all I could do was think about is, 
Lord, are you calling me to be a priest? Because I don't necessarily want to be here right now. I could be doing other things, and I could be doing things that I think are better for me at this point in my life. Can we just say something else real quick? So I think it's another cool point, fun fact, is that like whenever I was in seminary, um, like I felt called to go to, to discern the priesthood, but I didn't necessarily desire to be a priest in the beginning. And so just because a young man enters seminary, um, for guys who are thinking about the priesthood, you don't have to have certitude that you're called to be a priest to go to seminary. Like you go to seminary because it's the place that's most conducive to finding out if you're called to be a priest. And so there's a number of guys like Kobe in seminary who's open to the idea of the priesthood, who um, it has come to him in prayer to discern the priesthood, but he still doesn't necessarily know if that's the path that God has for him. So the only place to discern that is in formation that we call seminary. Yeah, that's right. I wish I did know because I would make my life a little less stressful. <laughs> but uh, so going in to the seminary, I wasn't praying at all. I mean, every now and then I would intentionally say, Lord, what do you want me to do? Because I mean, it's my senior year and everyone's expecting me to know what I'm doing. And I've got absolutely no clue. And so I'm like, all right, Lord, you got to tell me what, what you want me to do. Um, so I perceived an invitation to, to discern at the seminary. And so I go to the seminary and they're telling me about praying with the liturgy of the hours and praying a, do- a daily holy hour and praying the rosary daily. And I'm just thinking, what on earth did I get into? Like, this is, I'm going from praying barely, maybe 15 minutes a day, maybe 15 minutes a week and a- an occasional holy hour with my family to praying a holy hour every day, five times a day with the liturgy hours. I'm thinking, wow, this is going to be pretty awful. And so I go through my first year and a half only asking, what do you want me to do? And I was absolutely miserable. And I talked to my spiritual director. I said, like, my prayer is just so dry. Like, God is not talking to me. He doesn't want me to know. And why doesn't he want me to know? And he would tell me, now is not the time for you to know, focus on other things. And I, I understood that. It just, it was next to impossible. Through God, all things are possible. But next to impossible for me to understand that I shouldn't be asking that question right now. And so it was the beginning of my second semester of my second year that I, uh, we were sent home because of this crazy pandemic. And the priest I was staying with, he was talking to me, and I'd heard him say before, he told me a quote from Pope Benedict that the, a vocation is the fruit of an intimate relationship between Christ and his disciple. And for some reason, um, this, the word relationship stuck out to me, and I was given the graces to truly desire a relationship with Christ. And so from there, I began to pray, asking the Lord, Lord, show me your face. Let me abide in you. Let me foster a relationship with you so that I can show your love to everyone else. Wait, so question. So at this point, you stopped focusing on the question of discernment and you transitioned. So you still care about discernment. That's right. But when you go to prayer now, your focus was no longer on that topic. It was now focused on the face of Jesus. That's right. Okay. Just asking Jesus to show me his face. And from there, I mean, the anxiety that came with, Lord, what do you want me to do, was lifted. Um, and I began to pray, focusing less on myself and more on Jesus. And where that took me, I was able to finally feel the word of God speak to me. 
Um, and so I went from just sitting with the Blessed Sacrament, asking those questions, to diving into Scripture. Like Father Josh was saying, the, the Word of God is how we, that's how we come to know the voice of Jesus. And so through listening through the Scripture and through the people that were put around me, I, I began to understand that the Lord was calling me to deepen my relationships with the people around me. And that's how he wanted me to, that's how he wanted to reveal himself to me. And so I began to, to dive into relationships and become more vulnerable and express my, my thoughts with other people. And it was truly, I mean, the graces that I received to do this was, I know you guys don't know me, but I, people who knew me, probably knew a little bit about my vocation story and knew that I was a seminarian and I didn't really tell anybody anything other than that. Um, and so going from being pretty much closed off into myself to sharing myself a lot, like even coming on this podcast and sharing my story, um, couldn't have done it without the graces from the Lord. And so with that invitation to deepen my relationships, I began to pray more and more just focusing on Jesus and not on myself. And so now you're awesome. Now, I mean, <laughs> I, I didn't say it, but <laughs> I'll say it. No, he's definitely, he's growing and mature a lot. But, but the point, Sean, is that I would encourage you and your wife to, to stop focusing so much on the response to, to your desires, to your questions, and it's to focus more of your prayer on the face of Jesus, to focus more on the relationship, to acknowledge your thoughts, feelings, and desires, relate them to the Lord, and then put them on the shelf. And just focus on your relationship with him. And in his will, way, and time, he will respond to you and to your wife in the way that is best for the both of you. He might respond to you through a scripture. He might respond to you through a song, through a conversation, um, through uh, your time of prayer and silence or while you're sleeping in a dream. Uh, the goal is to share your heart with God and pour it out to him, but then to like to not control the conversation because God's a person who cannot be controlled. He wants a relationship, like Kobe said, with us, um, and we can't control people who we love. So I would just encourage you to dive deeper into the Word of God, dive deeper into prayer, focus on the face of Jesus, invite your wife to do the same, um, and then trust that in His will, way, and time, when it is best for both of you, He will go back to the shelf where you placed all these concerns that He's aware of, and He will, one by one, if it's best for you, address them in a way that you would definitely be able to perceive and receive in your walk toward eternity. So, that's uh, our advice. So, y'all pray for Kobe as he continues to discern. He goes back to seminary in about two weeks uh, so he can continue his formation of discernment in the priesthood of Jesus Christ. And again, if you are interested in discerning the priesthood of Jesus Christ for the Diocese of Baton Rouge, hit me up and let me know so that we can potentially uh, meet up and pray together and walk with each other and discern together. Is this where God is inviting you? Is this how God is inviting you to be a saint in this specific place of Baton Rouge? Let's go ahead and entrust this episode uh, to the intercession and prayers of our Blessed Mother. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. All right, y'all, God bless. I can't wait to be with y'all, and I will see you next week at our new time, which will be Thursday. Um, so stay tuned. Next week, new time, Thursday. Same channel, but new time, Thursday. Ask Father Josh, Ascension Press. God bless.